The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Wednesday, August 3rd, 2022. Coming up this hour. Nancy Pelosi vows the U.S. will not abandon Taiwan. We'll have the latest from the House Speaker's controversial trip. We also have key results from five state primaries. Plus, Fed officials double down on plans to tighten policy. And shares of chipmaker AMD slump on a lackluster forecast. The Senate has passed the burn pit bill after an outcry from veterans. Plus, the January 6th missing text case widens. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashower in sports. More trades for the Mets and Yankees. They both lost their games. And Dodgers broadcasting legend Vin Scully has passed away. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning. I'm Karen Moscow. I'm Nathan Hager. Bloomberg Daybreak brought to you by BNY Mellon's Pershing. Learn why the world's most sophisticated wealth management and institutional firms rely on Pershing to help them improve profitability, create efficiency, attract talent, and manage risk at Pershing.com. And futures are higher this morning. 601 on Wall Street. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 15 points. Dow futures up 123. And NASDAQ futures up 48. The DAX in Germany is up a quarter of a percent. The 10-year Treasury down 330 seconds. Yield 2.75%. And the yield on the two-year, 3.07%. Nathan. McCarran investors are keeping an eye on what's happening in Taiwan. This red headline just crossed the Bloomberg terminal. Nancy Pelosi's plane has taken off off following a visit that made major waves with China. The House Speaker pledged continued U.S. support for Taiwan despite Chinese threats. Now more than ever, America's solidarity with Taiwan is crucial, and that is the message we are bringing here today. Well, speaking at a meeting with Taiwanese President Tsai Ing-wen, Speaker Pelosi talked about the recently passed bill to boost American-made semiconductors. The CHIPS bill all of these members were instrumental in passing that important legislation, which we think offers great, greater opportunity for U.S.-Taiwan economic cooperation. Speaker Pelosi is the highest-ranking elected U.S. official to visit Taiwan in a quarter century. China responded to the trip with new military drills surrounding the island and fresh trade curbs on fish, fruit, and sand for construction. Well, Nathan, the timing of House Speaker Pelosi's trip is being questioned by some, including Douglas Lute, a former U.S. ambassador to NATO. I'm not sure exactly what benefit we're getting from the trip. And it comes at a sensitive time, just as the three senior executive branch officials have regained contact with their Chinese counterparts and begun to discuss the ramifications of the war in Ukraine. So it sort of sets us back, I think. Former U.S. Ambassador to NATO Douglas Lutz spoke with our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the program weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. Well, another major political story we're following, Karen, involves some key primary races across the country. And we get the results from Amy Morris in our Bloomberg 99.1 newsroom in Washington. 
We begin in Michigan, where Trump-backed Republican commentator Tudor Dixon faces Democrat incumbent Gretchen Whitmer in the race for governor in November. Dixon won the nomination with 40 percent of the vote. Three House Republicans who voted to impeach Donald Trump, Michigan's Peter Meyer and Washington's Jamie Herrera-Butler and Dan Newhouse, all lost their primaries to Trump-endorsed candidates. In Missouri, Republican Eric Schmidt won the nomination with nearly 46 percent of the vote, derailing former Governor Eric Greitens' political comeback. In Arizona, Blake Masters won the GOP primary with 37 percent of the vote, and he'll face incumbent Senator Mark Kelly in November. In Kansas, 59 percent of voters rejected a proposal to outlaw abortion. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Amy, thank you. A little more on that abortion vote out of Kansas. As we heard Amy say, 59 percent of voters chose to maintain abortion rights in the state. Turnout in Kansas far exceeded other contests in recent years, totaling nearly twice as many ballots as in 2018's primary election. Let's turn back to markets, Karen. They are stabilizing this morning after yesterday's declines fueled by anxiety over U.S.-China relations and hawkish comments from the Fed. In fact, four Fed officials pushed back at the idea that the central bank could pivot away from tightening. Instead, they say there is no sign inflation is easing. Here's Cleveland's Loretta Mester. You don't talk about recession per se. It's are we growing below or above trend? And, you know, my forecast for this year is that we'll be growing below trend, but that's necessary in order to get price increases, inflation under control. Well, those comments from Cleveland Fed President Loretta Mester helped uh, trigger a surge in Treasury yields yesterday. St. Louis Fed President James Bullard says the Fed is up to the task of tackling inflation. So modern central banks, I will try to convince you, have more credibility than their counterparts in the 1970s. And because of this, it seems like the Fed and the ECB may be able to disinflate in an orderly manner and get a relatively soft landing. St. Louis President Jim Bullard reiterated the central bank should probably increase its benchmark rate to as high as 4% by the end of the year. Well, several stocks are on the move this morning, Nathan. Shares of advanced micro devices are down more than 5%. That's after the chip maker gave a lukewarm sales forecast. We get the story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. It indicates that market share gains against Intel will not make up for a decline in PC demand. AMD said revenue in the period will be about $6.7 billion. That compares with an average analyst estimate of $6.81 billion. Under CEO Lisa Su, AMD have been taking market share from Intel and benefiting from demand for its new powerful server chips. But the outlook shows that the company is not insulated from the slowing PC industry, which is still the biggest market for its products. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Charlie, thanks. Let's look at some other movers this morning with Bloomberg's John Tucker joining us live. Good morning, John. And good morning, Nathan. Airbnb shares slumping in the pre-market, down over 7%. The company missing estimates on bookings. Shares of Match plunging this morning. The parent company of dating apps like Tinder delivering a forecast for revenue in the current quarter that fell short of estimates. Growth being slowed still by fallout from COVID-19 and a strong dollar. PayPal shares up 11% after saying activist investor Elliott Investment Management, now one of the largest shareholders, and that cost-cutting will save $900 million this year. And finally, Robinhood market shares little change after announcing it's eliminating almost a quarter of its workforce. Live in New York, I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, John, thank you. And futures are on the rise this morning. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. 
Thanks, Karen. 607 on Wall Street, 73 degrees in Central Park. Got a crash westbound LIE at Queens Boulevard. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Nathan. The Senate passed the PACT Act aimed at helping veterans who have been exposed to toxic burn pits. The bill passed in an 86-11 vote overcoming Republican claims. It contains loopholes that would allow indiscriminate spending. Senate Democratic Leader Chuck Schumer spoke after the bill passed. Finally, at long last, America lived up to its ideals by saying to our veterans who have been exposed to toxic chemicals from burn pits, we have your back. Senate Veterans Affairs Committee Chair John Tester credited veterans and comedian John Stewart's protests for helping get the bill passed. I've never seen so many veterans with tears in their eyes and tears in their eyes of joy than I've seen in the last hour. Senator Tester says the bill will help thousands of sick U.S. veterans. New York Congresswoman Carolyn Maloney said she didn't believe that President Joe Biden would run for re-election in 2024. The comments came during a New York One debate last evening among candidates vying for the Democratic primary nomination in New York's 12th congressional district. Because of redistricting, Maloney is running against fellow New York House heavyweight Gerald Nadler and lawyer Suraj Patel. The Defense Department electronically wiped the phones of some former top officials who served under then-President Donald Trump. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter reports. And the Department of Defense is confirming that a DOJ investigation of the missing January 6th text has now confirmed that along with accidentally deleting some texts, some phones were purposefully wiped after January 6th. Government lawyers made that admission in court filings tied to the Freedom of Information Act lawsuit, and the oversight group is urging Attorney General Merrick Garland to investigate DOD's actions in allowing the destruction of records potentially relevant to a significant matter of national attention and historical importance. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. The State Department warned American citizens traveling overseas of possible retaliation by al-Qaeda and its supporters after the organization's leader was killed in a U.S. drone strike. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, Michael. Almost 610 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashow. Thanks, Nathan. Vince Scully has passed away. The New York native began calling Brooklyn Dodgers games shortly after he graduated from Fordham, and he kept the job for 67 years. The owner of that soothing voice with an unparalleled ability to tell stories while calling the game, Vince Scully, a true broadcasting legend. He was 94. Mets and Yankees both lost. Mets in Washington 5-1, to ending their seven-game winning streak. But Mets fans happy to see Jacob deGrom on the mound. First time this season. Five solid innings allowed just one run. Yankees battled back from deficits a couple of times. But in the end, they lost to Seattle at the stadium 8-6. to The Yankees made a couple more trades before the deadline. They found a Joey Gallo taker in the Dodgers. Gallo, a complete bust in his time in pinstripes, batting just 159. The Dodgers gave the Yanks a top pitching prospect, Clayton Beater, in return. The Yankees then made a more surprising move because Jordan Montgomery's been a solid starting pitcher for them, but they did just acquire another starter in Frankie Monta, so they shipped Montgomery to St. Louis. For an outfielder, here's Yankees GM Brian Cashman. You know, Harrison Bader, Bader is, you know, one of the elite center field uh, uh, defenders in the game. Um, and so he provides a lot of lanes for us, I think, for our manager. 
uh, when he's when he's healthy. Steve Vader currently out with a foot injury. He's a New York native, went to high school at Forest Man in the Bronx. Mets acquired two players, outfielder Darren Ruff. They sent J.D. Davis to the Giants. Mets also picked up a reliever, Michael Gibbons from the Cubs. Of course, the big trade yesterday was Juan Soto going from Washington to San Diego. John Stash, our Bloomberg Sports, Nathan. All right, John, thanks. S&P futures now up 16 points. Dow futures up 136. NASDAQ futures higher by 46 points. The 10-year Treasury is down 330 seconds, yield close to 2.76%. Yield on the two-year right now, 3.07%. NYMEX crude down three-quarters percent, $93.70 a barrel, ahead of the OPEC Plus policy meeting. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, abundant sunshine, a high near 90 today. Heat advisory in effect tomorrow into Friday. Highs both days near 95. Right now, 73 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. I'm Karen Moscow. And U.S. stock index futures on the rise today as some of the investor anxiety over tense U.S.-China ties eases while Treasuries extend a slide sparked by hawkish Federal Reserve comments. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. On Bloomberg, S&P futures up 15 points, Dow futures up 125, and NASDAQ futures up 40. The DAX in Germany is up three-tenths of a percent. The 10-year Treasury down 430 seconds, yield 2.76 percent. The yield on the two-year, 3.07 percent. NYMEX crude oil is down six-tenths percent, or 61 cents, at $93.79 a barrel. COMEX gold is down six-tenths percent, or $10.30, at $17.79.30 an ounce. The euro, 1.0191 against the dollar. British pound, one point. Two one eight seven, the yen one thirty three point two eight, and Bitcoin this morning of one point seven percent at twenty three thousand four hundred dollars. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael, Karen, thank you very much. Kansas voters refused to change the state constitution to declare there is no right to an abortion. On a fifty nine to forty one percent vote, the state supreme court decision in twenty nineteen that granted state constitutional abortion rights remains intact. President Biden says he will sign an executive order today intended to improve access to abortion services by allowing travel using Medicaid funds. Hall of Fame broadcaster Vin Scully has died. Scully broadcast baseball games for the Dodgers for 67 years. Vin Scully was 94. As for the games, the Yankees lost to the Mariners 8-6. The Mets lost to the Nationals 5-1. The Orioles and Red Sox won. The A's and Giants lost. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, Michael. Thank you. It is now 619 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak, and we return to our top story now. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi pledging that the U.S. will not abandon Taiwan as she has just wrapped up a visit to the island that has uh, caused major waves in mainland China. Joining us now is Rosalind Matheson, executive editor for international government for Bloomberg News. Ros, good morning. Of course, a lot of saber rattling around this trip. Does it go beyond that? Well, it's interesting to see the level of the China response so far. We're seeing threats to have missile tests, although none 
have actually eventuated and very big military drills, they say, will start tomorrow uh, where essentially uh, Chinese ships are encircling Taiwan, uh, cutting off uh, the naval passageway and also the airspace. Um, but we're also seeing perhaps a sense of restraint here from China in a sense that they don't want to push things too far. Of course, it's a very different kettle of fish when you talk about Taiwan and China than when you talk about, say, Russia and Ukraine. It's very clear the U.S. was never going to send troops into Ukraine to defend it. Taiwan, possibly they would have to. And so China knows that. And they're very careful, uh, perhaps, to, to go up to the line, but not over it, into something that might tip into outright military confrontation, because anything that they do there with Taiwan could feasibly join the U.S. And then you've got a very big regional war going on or even beyond. So we're seeing Chinese rhetoric, a lot of bellicose words from China. We're seeing this military action. We're seeing a little bit of action on the trade side, but nothing that would really tip it over at this point into a broader conflict. It's interesting that you say that in the event of uh, military action against Taiwan that the U.S. would have to step in because President Biden has been asked about that in the past, and he sort of had to walk back comments uh, sort of suggesting that the U.S. would uh, get directly involved in a military conflict. Does the speaker's visit change the dynamic when it comes to that? It possibly does. Of course, the U.S. administration will say officially their policy remains what it was beforehand, but you saw very strong words from the U.S. Speaker Nancy Pelosi when she met today with the Taiwanese president, Tsai Ing-wen, showing we are with you, we're going to show support for you no matter what. And that's definitely a message to Beijing. It's also just the possibility of miscalculation. If you have a bunch of Navy ships and planes in close proximity flying over each other, near each other, and particularly into Taiwanese airspace, you just have the risk of something going wrong that sets off a, a, a conf- confrontation um, that's inadvertent. Um, so certainly China's aware of that also, but, but just aware that at the margins you're probably expecting a very high chance the U.S. will be drawn into a military conflict over Taiwan uh, in a way that it's not been drawn in over Ukraine. Apart from the possibility of at least what China has announced of military drills starting as soon as tomorrow, we've got uh, trade moves as well with uh, uh, some restrictions on Taiwanese uh, fish and fruit and uh, Chinese exports of sand. What's the economic impact? Is China trying to uh, put the squeeze on Taiwan uh, economically? Well, so far, those moves are fairly small. They don't affect a significant amount of the trade, and they're probably a bit symbolic. But certainly, if China wanted to, it could hit Taiwan very effectively on the economic side, of course. For now, there's no penalties or measures to curb semiconductor trade, for example, which is crucial. So China's doing a few symbolic steps, but nothing that could rebound on its own economy. Of course, Xi Jinping is is cognizant of the fact that he needs to keep his own economy ticking over uh, in decent shape ahead of his own leadership uh, renewal later this year and that he needs to have China uh, domestically looking very stable. And so these are measures that are, that are designed to say to Taiwan, we're not happy with what's happening, but certainly not significant trade steps so far. And now that uh, Speaker Pelosi is on her way out of Taiwan, how does this trip affect the rest of her Asian itinerary? We've got about a minute left here. 
Well, she goes to South Korea and then on to Japan, as you say. A lot of these countries have been a little bit cautious about commenting directly on her stop in Taiwan, perhaps not wanting to get drawn into the fray with China. Uh, uh, Japan might be the one exception there. They've been quite strongly supportive of Taiwan in recent months, uh, risking Chinese ire in turn on that. But most countries in Asia are probably just glad, to be honest, that she's left Taiwan again and that the trip has gone without some kind of inadvertent clash occurring as a result. Thanks for this, Roz. Great having you with us this morning. Rosalind Matheson, Executive Editor for International Government for Bloomberg News, as we continue to follow developments in and around Taiwan now that House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has left the island and China is uh, announcing new military drills that will encircle the island uh, that could begin as soon as tomorrow. Looking ahead to the market, open futures are a touch higher. We've got S&P futures right now up 13 points, Dow futures up 115, and uh, NASDAQ futures are higher by 33 points. The 10-year trend Treasury's down 9.30 seconds, yield 2.77%, yield on the two-year 3.08%. Got some uh, earnings crossing the Bloomberg Terminal from CVS, boosting their uh, outlook. We'll have more on that straight ahead. And you are listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. Bloomberg 1130 weather, sunshine near 90 today. Heat advisory tomorrow near 95 tomorrow and Friday when that heat advisory expires. Right now, 73 in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 99.1 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119 and around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. And it's 6.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We are just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things that you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Interactive Brokers charges margin loan rates from 2.83% to 3.83%. Their clients can also earn extra income by lending their fully paid shares of stock. Rates subject to change. Learn more at ibkr.com slash compare. Up first, investors keeping an eye on the fallout from House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan. Pelosi left the island this morning after a visit during which she pledged a continued U.S. commitment to the island. America's determination to preserve democracy here in Taiwan and around the world remains ironclad. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi was speaking at a meeting with Taiwan's president. China responded to Pelosi's trip with new military drills and fresh trade curbs. And we're also following key primary races across the country, Karen. Tudor Dixon, who was backed by Donald Trump, won 40 percent of the vote for the Republican nomination in Michigan's governor's race. She'll face Democratic incumbent Gretchen Whitmer this fall. Three House Republicans who voted to impeach Donald Trump lost primaries to Trump-endorsed candidates in Michigan and Washington. Republican Eric Schmidt secured nearly 46 percent of the vote for Missouri's open Senate seat derailing former Governor Eric Greitens. And in Arizona, Blake Masters will face incumbent Senator Mark Kelly. He won the GOP primary with 37% of the vote. Well, to markets now, Nathan, they're stabilizing after yesterday's declines. It comes as four Federal Reserve officials push back against the narrative that the Fed may pivot away from tightening. Cleveland President Loretta Mester says officials are focused on the growth outlook. My forecast for this year is that we'll be growing below trend, but that's necessary in order to get price increases, inflation under control. 
NS Cleveland Fed President Loretta Mester. And in corporate news this morning, shares of advanced micro devices are down about 5% after the company gave a lukewarm sales forecast. And Bloomberg's John Tucker joins us live with the details. Good morning, John. And Nathan, the company projecting roughly $6.7 billion in sales. That figure falls short of Wall Street projections. Even though AMD has been taking market share from Intel, the latest results show the company isn't insulated from the slowing PC industry, which is still the biggest market for its products. Investors also have been concerned that chipmakers like AMD will be left with costly stockpiles of unused chips as orders dry up. Live in New York, I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, John, thank you. That's the five things that you need to know to start your day, brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Again, futures are moving higher this morning. And straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thank you, Karen. 633 on Wall Street, 73 degrees in Central Park. Crash on the westbound LIE service road at Queens Boulevard. More coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. Kansas voters have sent a resounding message about their desire to protect abortion rights by rejecting a measure that would have allowed the Republican-controlled legislature to tighten abortion restrictions or ban the procedure outright. The vote in the red state was the first test of voters' feelings about abortion since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. Rachel Sweet with Planned Parenthood says the voters of Kansas have spoken and are sending a clear message by reminding the government to respect their constitutional rights. We will not hand over our constitutional rights and our bodily autonomy to the government, and we will take care of one another, and we will look out for each other because that's what Kansas is all about. Rachel Sweet with Planned Parenthood. President Joe Biden today will sign a second executive order intended to improve access to abortion services. The order will direct the Secretary of Health and Human Services to consider actions to help patients travel outside their states for abortions using funds from Medicaid a move which conservatives will likely challenge in the courts. The Senate last night passed the PACT Act aimed at helping veterans who have been exposed to toxic burn pits. Senate Democratic Leader Chuck Schumer credited veterans and comedian John Stewart, who protested for days outside the Capitol for helping to get the bill passed. They were there as a beacon to all of America. They said, "You're not. we're not going to let you forget us. We're not going to let you walk all over us. Senator Schumer says the bill passed in an 86 to 11 vote. A high-ranking New York Democratic congresswoman speculates on whether President Biden will run for office again. President Biden was a major topic in a debate leading up to the Democratic primary for New York's 12th district. Representative Carolyn Maloney spoke on New York One. I don't believe he's running for re-election. Redistricting maps pitting Maloney against another Democratic veteran representative, Jerry Nadler. Too early to say it doesn't serve the purpose of the Democratic Party to to deal with that until after the midterms. Maloney and Nadler face off August 23rd. The first cargo ship loaded with Ukrainian grain to leave the country since the Russian invasion began is anchored at an inspection area in the Black Sea off the coast of Istanbul. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, Michael.
Coming up to 636 on Wall Street, and John Stanshower has the Bloomberg Sports Update. All right, Nathan, Vince Scully, the legendary Dodgers announcer, has passed away. Imagine having the same job for 67 years. Imagine witnessing so much baseball history from Brooklyn winning the 1955 World Series to the ball going through Bill Buckner's legs at Chase Stadium. And here was Scully on a night in Atlanta in 1974. What a marvelous moment for the country and the world. A black man is getting a standing ovation in the Deep South for breaking a record of an all-time baseball idol. And it is a great moment for all of us, and particularly for Henry Aaron. And Scully was 94. Jacob DeGrom on the mound for the Mets. First time in more than a year in Washington. He pitched five innings, allowed just one run, three hits, struck out six. Nothing's changed. The Mets struggled to score for him. Just a Francisco Lindor home run. Steven Nogasek replaced DeGrom, gave up back-to-back homers. Washington ended the Mets' seven-game winning streak 5-1 to one on the day the Nationals traded their 23-year-old star Juan Soto to San Diego. The Mets traded J.D. Davis to the Giants for outfielder Darren Ruff. The Yankees traded Jordan Montgomery to St. Louis for outfielder Harrison Bader, a New York native who's currently out with a foot injury. And the Yanks also sent the unproductive Joey Gallo to the Dodgers. At Stadium, Yankees fell behind 4-0 later 6-3. They tied the game, but a pinch hit home run by Seattle's Sam Haggerty, seventh inning. The Mariners won 8-6. In defeat, Yankee home runs by Jose Trevino, Anthony Rizzo, and Josh Donaldson. The NFL took away the Miami Dolphins' first-round draft pick next year. That for tampering with trying to hire Sean Payton as coach and acquire Tom Brady to be the quarterback. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. All right, John, thank you. 637 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at stocks, some of the names moving in the pre-market. Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta is with us. And Kriti, we've been talking about the uh, disappointing sales outlook from AMD, and the stock is getting punished this morning. The stock is absolutely getting punished. AMD is the name of the company as well as the ticker down about 5% advanced micro devices, of course. It's the second biggest maker of personal computer processors. Well, they gave a sales forecast that wasn't that great for the third quarter. Really, one of the things to keep in mind about AMD is that they're competing for market share against Intel. And then right now, it looks like they're not able to make as much progress as they really were uh, planning on as well. The revenue in this period looking to be about $6.7 billion, falling short of analysts estimates of $6.8 billion. So once again, it is that lackluster forecast uh, that is weighing on the shares this morning, Nathan. And uh, no, you're keeping an eye on PayPal. Looks like uh, Elliott Investment Management announces a stake in a company and it seems to pay off pretty well for the stock. You know, it's funny because uh, Elliot also just did this with Pinterest as right. well. So um, they are really getting around, as you put exactly. it. Uh, PayPal, PYPL is your ticker. Shares are up just shy of 12% this morning. Uh, so PayPal came out and they said that Elliot Investment Management is now one of its largest shareholders. They're also talking about recent cost-cutting moves that are going to result in, get this, savings of $900 million and that's just this year. They're saying that those savings, well, they're going to increase to $1.3 billion next year. And once again, they're saying that a lot of this has been incentivized uh, by Elliott as well. So Elliott making a very clear impact right off the bat. Yeah, and uh, I see you're watching Airbnb as well. Another uh, sort of disappointing uh, earnings or outlook story here. You know, it's interesting because I feel like everyone is trying to figure out how to travel and where to travel mm-hmm. immediately. And yet their bookings numbers actually came in as a miss. So ABNB is your ticker down about 7% this morning. So once again, it really comes down to the idea that, well, those bookings estimates, they missed uh, what the analysts were were expecting, especially in light of this demand story that you're seeing with a lot of the airlines 
lines as well. They actually said that the bookings in the second quarter, well, it rose 25%, but even that kind of rise wasn't enough because if you look at it from a year ago, that was a 58% increase. So you can really see how uh, they're not able to keep up that momentum. And finally, uh, some surprising earnings, I guess, from uh, Starbucks. Yeah, you know, it's funny. We're talking about the consumer willingness to spend, and I think a lot of people are saying, well, that cup of coffee is just way too expensive. But take a look at this. Starbucks reporting very strong U.S. performance, offsetting some of the issues in China as well. The average ticket or cost per order rose 6%, but comparable tractions, uh, transactions excuse me, fell 3%. So basically they're charging higher prices for a lower volume of shares. SBUX is your ticker up 1.8% this morning, Nathan. And going for the higher-heeled consumer. Thanks, Creedy. Always good to have you with us. Creedy Gupta, our Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent. Looking ahead to the market open, futures are higher. S&P futures up 14 points. Dow futures up 116. NASDAQ futures up 37 points. The 10-year Treasury down 830 seconds. The yield close to 2.78%. And you're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, sunny near 90 today. We'll have a heat advisory for the rest of the week. Tomorrow, Friday, both days near 95 degrees. Right now, 73 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. I'm Karen Moscow. Futures on the rise this morning. We get to the first word breaking news dash for today's morning call. Here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures are in the green right now. Dow futures up 112 points. S&P has gained 14, while Nasdaq futures are up by 38. The U.S. 10-year yield at 2.78%. Gold is little change. Oil is in the red. And Bitcoin is trading higher by 1.7%. Japan rose half a percent overnight, while European markets are posting modest gains this morning. And back in the U.S. on the economic front at 945, services PMI, and at 10 o'clock, factory orders and durable goods orders. After the bell last night, Rob. Robinhood said it will cut 23% of its workforce. PayPal beat estimates is buying back $15 billion and is up 12% pre-market. AMD reported is down 5% pre-market and Starbucks EPS beat estimates. Regarding earnings this morning, CVS boosted its forecast and wrapping things up, Uber was raised to outperform over at Raymond James. Live from the first of breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, thank you. And to hear live breaking news of your Bloomberg type squawk on your terminal, SQUAWK. That's a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. A major victory for abortion rights advocates. Voters in Kansas overwhelmingly rejected an amendment that would have eliminated the constitutional right to an abortion and placed the issue in the hands of state lawmakers. President Joe Biden today will sign a second executive order intended to improve access to abortion services more than five weeks after the U.S. Supreme Court allowed states to largely put them off limits. Hall of Fame broadcaster Vin Scully has died. Scully broadcast baseball games for the Dodgers for 67 years. Vin Scully was 94. As for games, the Yankees lost to the Mariners 8-6. The Mets lost to the Nationals 5-1. The Orioles and Red Sox won. The A's and Giants lost. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries, I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Karen. 
All right, Michael, thank you. 649 on Wall Street. We turn to news and science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. It's brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology. Ranked a top 50 national public university by U.S. News and World Report and top 10 in the nation for engineering by money.com. Learn more at njit.edu. And here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. A push in Washington to transform the U.S. derivatives regulator into a top crypto watchdog is gaining steam with a Senate bill that would give the Commodity Futures Trading Commission sweeping new powers to oversee the asset class. The CFTC, whose purview is now mostly limited to crypto derivatives, would get the ability to police trading in the largest digital assets under the plans set to be introduced today by Democrat Debbie Stabenow and Republican John Bozeman. After a tough first year as a public company, Robinhood Markets is cutting almost a fourth of its workforce and closing offices. The app-based brokerage dismissed 780 people on Tuesday. Robinhood went public in July of last year. The business quickly slumped. Monthly active users declined and the company's shares plunged. And water levels on Europe's Rhine River are getting close to the point where it has to effectively close. That would put the transport of large quantities of goods at risk. Coal shipments are already restricted by low water levels and that makes coal more expensive, which raises the price of operating coal-fired power plants. That's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. Thanks. Karen, we're live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, where it's almost 6.51 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C., where some of the top stories include Speaker Pelosi vowing support for Taiwan despite Chinese threats, voters in Kansas backing abortion rights on a busy primary night, the Senate passing the burn pit bill after pressure from Jon Stewart, and President Biden to sign another executive order on abortion access. Let's bring in Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins for more on all these stories. Emily, did Speaker Pelosi accomplish what she set out to do in Taiwan? So uh, in a big way, yes. I mean, the fact that Pelosi did go on this trip to Taiwan, that she did uh, visit the island, regardless of the threats made by Beijing. And we have seen China go ahead and retaliate, say that they um, are going to be doing some missile tests, as well as military drills more intense than what we've seen in the past. Um, they are also uh, looking into uh, potential um, trading, uh, trading and sanctions uh, that go along with Pelosi having made this trip. But Pelosi said that even though this trip is not about any sort of larger shift in the U.S. stance towards Taiwan, uh, she told said during a speech that the U.S. will not abandon uh, their commitment to our commitment to Taiwan, and she said that she is quote proud of our enduring friendship. Uh, so the message she tried to bring was solidarity, and and really that was just accomplished by Pelosi making this incredibly historic trip uh, to the island. The first speaker to visit there in 25 years uh, certainly means a lot as the third highest ranking U.S. official. How is the trip being received in Washington? Is it seen as worth it, given all the tensions between the U.S. and China, and now they seem like they're ratcheting up even further? So shortly after Pelosi um, put her plane touched down, uh, there was a statement released by a number, dozens of Republican senators uh, praising Pelosi for going on this trip, saying that it was the right thing to do. Um, there certainly have been some concerns about the timing of this trip, uh, whether or not this is kind of the right time to go to Taiwan. Uh, remember, China is about to, um, their governing body is about to convene. We're expecting current President Xi Jinping to be elected for an unprecedented third term. And uh, how they feel about this trip to Taiwan 
it might lead uh, China to look at its current policy and sort of reevaluate what, how it is going to continue its future with Taiwan. And so it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Uh, but at this moment in time, I think most lawmakers, most folks in Washington do support Speaker Pelosi making this trip. Well, let's turn to domestic politics because it was quite a busy night in terms of primary races. And one of the big takeaways was this vote out of Kansas on an abortion rights amendment. Yes, this is huge. The Kansas Constitution currently says there is a right to abortion. There was an effort to change that. That effort failed. So this could be considered a huge victory uh, for those who support abortion rights. Um, certainly, it really sends a message. You know, Kansas was a state that, that voted for Trump. That's backed a lot of Republicans in the past. And the fact that you did see this huge turnout uh, really, I think, begins to answer a question that a lot of us are, are looking at, which is, are we going to see uh, Democrats get a boost in November uh, because of this issue on abortion and abortion rights? And I think Kansas is a very, um, is, is a big sign that, yes, this is something that voters are willing to turn out on. This is something they're paying attention to. This is something that will get them fired up. Uh, remember, Nathan, for, for midterms, so much of the question is, can you fire up your base and get your base out to vote? Because, you know, most folks, they'll vote in the in the big presidential election. They might not vote in the midterms. Um, and so the signal from Kansas last night is that, yes, abortion rights is an issue that will get people to the ballot box in a midterm who may not have other gone, gone otherwise. And in terms of the races themselves, Emily, it looks like it was a pretty good night for the most part for Republican candidates who were backed by former President Trump. Yeah, so we saw a, a couple different ones. I mean, number one, we still have that question with the Missouri Senate race on exactly which Eric Trump wound okay, up endorsing. Yeah. <laughs> but we did, we did get, and, and Eric did win. Um, and so we, uh, the, the former, uh, that he'll be running against in, in one of the uh, more interesting elections in the uh, general. Uh, we also saw up in Michigan, uh, John Gibbs being Peter Meyer. He was one of the 10 Republicans who did vote to impeach Trump last year. Um, and so, yeah, we're continuing to see fairly good, good nights for Trump endorsed candidates. Um, and it'll be interesting to see for some of them. I am thinking particularly in that Michigan district with John Gibbs. Can he wind up surviving in the general election? I mean, that is a Democratic-leaning district. Um, and even though it might not be a great year for Democrats necessarily, uh, it's 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 going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And in our last minute here, Emily, uh, we got word from the White House this morning that President Biden's issuing another executive order on abortion access. What's that going to do? So this is going to direct the Health and Human Services Agency to consider all actions to ensure healthcare providers comply with federal non-discrimination laws. Um, and the idea is for the Department for Health and Human Services to provide healthcare providers with technical and legal guidance to navigate the, the patchwork of state regulations that they're now facing, as well as try and provide guidance to women who might be traveling across state lines to seek an abortion. 
Thanks, as always. Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins with us from the nation's capital. Read more about all these stories on Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal. And a reminder, you can follow all the latest on Bloomberg Radio in Washington, Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. As we look ahead to the market open, we have futures moving a bit higher now with S&P futures up 13 points. Dow futures up 111. NASDAQ futures are higher by 36 points. The 10-year Treasury is down 8.30 seconds. The yield 2.77% yield on the two-year right now, 3.09%. NYMEX crude is down 9 tenths percent or 87 cents at $93.55 a barrel as OPEC and its allies just get ready to meet on a production policy meeting. Uh, That's getting underway shortly. Bloomberg Terminal customers can follow that. We have a top live blog going on the Bloomberg Terminal, TLIV Go, as OPEC Plus gets ready to meet on September production. Comex Gold down six-tenths percent, 1778.60 an ounce. Bloomberg Surveillance is next. Tom Keene, Jonathan Farrow, and Lisa Abramowitz for Karen Moscow. I'm Nathan Hager. This is Bloomberg. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.